Well, hey, it is so good to be with you guys. My name is Nick, and this is my beautiful bride, Amy, and we serve here on staff with crew. Um, we've been married for about a year and a half. We, we both met here at Ohio University. We both graduated from here, and um, during Amy's first year of interning, uh, we started dating, and, and, and really, it's an epic story. I'll have to tell it to you another time. Um, don't let anyone else try to tell our story to you, because they'll get it wrong, all right? But it's an epic, and we'll tell you ourselves. But, um, but anyway, we got married, and we've been married for the last year and a half, and so tonight, don't start trying to tell a story right now. Um, <laughs> But tonight, we're going to continue our Tough Topic series, and um, we're going to address the topic of dating and relationships. And part of why we want to address this is because many of you are dating, um, many of you have dated if you're not currently dating right now, and if you're not dating right now, many of you will date sometime in the future. And so dating is one of those things that um, we... We just kind of, I, I don't know who teaches us how to date. I think a lot of times though, we're, we're, it's just something that's given to us by our culture. And so tonight what we want to do is we want to ask this question of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And what does that mean for how I date? And so if you're here and, and you're not a Christian, we're so glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, um, we're so glad. And so we're not trying to give a prescription for how everyone should date, especially if you're not a follower of Jesus. But if, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, what we want to lay before you is this question of what does it look like to honor the Lord in my dating relationship? But what does it look like to pursue the Lord and to honor him in how we do dating? And so um, Romans 12 says to not be conformed to the world. We're not to be conformed to the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so a lot of times when we're handed these things uh, from our culture, something like dating, which dating is actually a phenomenon that's only started happening in the last 100 years. They weren't dating like a thousand years ago. Um, but, but it's something that's, that's happened in the last 100 years, and so it's something that's it's a part of our culture. And when it comes to these cultural things, you really have three options when it comes to cultural things. You can receive it the way you get it. So you can, you can take what, how the culture describes dating to you or what you see on Friends episodes or, or what you see on television or movies. Um, you can take dating and just receive it as it is. You can reject it outright and say, well, we just can't do this. Like to, for me to be able to honor God um, means I can't do this activity at all. Or, so you can, you can receive, you can reject it, or you can redeem it. That I can't take it as it is, just as it's handed to me, but I don't need to outright reject it entirely. We, we can redeem it. And so what we want to kind of lay out there tonight is what does it look like for us to redeem relationships as followers of Jesus? And, and personally, my persuasion is even if you're here and you're not a Christ follower, I would argue that I actually, if, if God is the creator of the universe and he's created us for himself, then it would seem to me that maybe this would actually, in fact, be the best way to date. Um, so we'll, we'll let you kind of decide there. But, but Amy, let's, let's start with this question. Um, why date? Yes, that's a great question. Well, um, my view on this has changed drastically in the last, since I started dating. Um, but what I've landed on <laughs> is that we date to get clarity on who we would like to marry. Um, and so maybe some of you in this room are like, obviously, <laughs> but that wasn't obvious to me. Um, I actually only started walking with the Lord when I was a sophomore here at OU and transferred in. And before that, I had a bunch of dating relationships with no thought at all about how to, how 
support I got in my dating relationship. I thought that was really strange when I was first introduced to all of that. And for me, dating was more like recreation or companionship or fun or I just think he's cute or whatever. Um, and it was kind of like trying on a sweater. <laughs> and then you just take the sweater off when you got sick of it or you got bored or whatever. Um, which sounds funny, but it's, I think, really unhealthy, I realized. Um, what it did was it gave me this mentality that um, guys were just objects to be used and tossed away, and it was all about me and what I wanted. Um, and so, yeah, I think dating is a lot more than that. It's about getting clarity on who you want to marry and not just practicing breaking up or practicing divorce. Um, and since we're talking a lot about dating tonight, I wanted to get ahead of this too. Um, singleness is awesome too, right? But we're talking about dating and the purpose is clarity on who you want to marry, and we know that marriage was created by God, and so it's a good thing, um, but the Bible tells us singleness is absolutely a good thing, too. Um, you can glorify God in both, and so just wanted to encourage some of you out there, but maybe maybe right now you're thinking, like, well, I don't ever want to get married, or marriage is not on the table, and even for the next, like, four or five years, um, and in that case, might be wise not to date right now, at least, um, because a dating is state clarity on who you want to marry. Um, we want to have like an end goal in mind when we're dating, so we're not just practicing divorce. Yeah. 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 Really well said. Yeah. I mean, I, I love what what Amy said. So true that it's like if you're not dating with marriage in view, then then you are. You're you're just kind of trying people on for for what no I don't know what reason. And then we're we're practicing divorce because it's just kind of like oh, I don't like you. I'm done with you. And so done. Like we're done. Um, and so, so there has to be an aim in, in, in dating. At least, again, this is coming from the angle of, we're, we're, of what does it look like to honor the Lord? And so if, if marriage isn't in view of why you're dating this person, then, then some other activity is. And my guess is it, it's not honoring to the Lord. Maybe it's just for fun. Maybe it's just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But, but that's, what, that's really what we're called to pursue if, if we're gonna if we're gonna bring dating to bear um, or, or honoring the Lord to bear on dating. So, and I love what Amy said about singleness. Like, yeah, it's so easy. I think to hear talks like this and just be like, wow, this like I'm really lame. Like, I need a I need a relationship to completely complete me. And it's like that's just not true. That's a lie. It's a lie. Um, uh, there, uh, another person is not going to complete you or lack what or supply what's lacking in you. Um, so we want to state that really clearly. Um, a couple of weeks ago at 180, we, we asked you guys to send in questions to us to address. And one of the questions that, that several people asked was this question of, am I even ready to begin dating? Um, and how would I know if I'm ready? And three things come to mind for me that I would, that I would suggest that um, if, if, you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, this is what I would lay out for you. Is that one, the question I would ask you is, do you know the grace of God? And here's what I mean. Not like, do you believe in God? Not do you believe in Jesus? But here's a good, here's a good metric of if you know the grace of God. It's, it's that when you sin, do you run from the Lord or do you run to the Lord? Do, do you run away from the Lord or do you run to him? And, and so do you know the grace of God? Here's the second thing is, are you in a community of believers? Uh, are you, do you have um, other men or other women in your life who, who are speaking into your life, that, and, and not just speaking into your life, but do they actually know you? 
Like, are you known within a community of people? Um, they know not just the good stuff about you, but do they, do they know some of your dirt? Do they know you, and are, are they speaking into your life, and are, are, they, uh, are they the kinds of people that you would allow to speak into a dating relationship? Okay, so do you know the grace of God? Are you in community? And then the third thing I would just ask is, why are you wanting to date? Is it going back to this purpose that of, of wanting to pursue marriage? Um, and again, you know, I, I know that when we say that phrase, that sounds incredibly heavy, but I just mean, is it in view in why you're dating this person? Like, is it even in view? Could you even ever see yourself doing that with that person? Um, so those are the three things. Do you know the grace of God? Are you in community? And then, um, and then why are you doing it? Here's the other question that people ask was, okay, if I'm re- I feel like I'm ready, but um, what if I struggle with pornography? And that was a question that several people asked. I still struggle looking at pornography. Should I date? Now, I want to qualify my response to this really quick because it's a good question. It's an important one, and it's a challenging one for me just to, just to give a broad answer for all people. So, so I think what's actually best is, is there, is there someone older than you, maybe even a married person, that they know about this struggle in your life and, and let them speak into this? But, but here's, I mean, just, just some broad counsel. It's just like if you're looking at pornography several times a week, you shouldn't be dating um, if you're looking at it several times a month, you probably shouldn't be dating. And, and here's, and so you're saying, well, how many times, like how much is okay? Where I would encourage you is it's this question of, are you self-controlled? Are you self-controlled? Because here's the thing, man. It's like, or girl, whichever you are. Um, it's like, if you're, if you're not self-controlled in this area, what makes you think that if you're with someone of the opposite sex, that you're going to be self-controlled with them? It's probably not going to happen. And so you want to give time and space for these things to work, for the Lord to work some of these things out in your life. You need to be inviting accountability and other people to help um, challenge you and encourage you in this area. Does that make sense? Um, So that's what I would, that's what I would suggest. Um, But but let's turn to this question. Um, Amy, who should I date and what should I look for in a person that I date? Yes, well, um, I think top of the list is today love Jesus. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna hit on this note a bunch tonight. But um, yeah, do they have a genuine love for the Lord? And I should qualify that by saying not just do they call themselves a Christian, not just yeah they're really involved in crew, <laughs> but do they genuinely love the Lord? Um, I don't know about you, but I definitely met guys who would call themselves Christians and like. Even some were like really well, like camouflaged in a Christian community. And yet when I looked closer, I found that they weren't really trying to walk in holiness. They didn't really have an affection for the Lord. This was just, I don't know, this is just where they found their group or whatever. Um, and so I think, are they, yeah, do they love the Lord? Are they walking in holiness? Should be your number one priority. Um, I think about Matthew 7, which Jesus is speaking, and he says something that has always actually like put a little fear into my heart. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. Um, so, do they love the Lord? Are they walking in that? Are they doing his will? Um, I think, too, <laughs> some of us are uber-Christian, and we're like, oh, you just need to love the Lord. I don't need to be like attracted to him or have fun with him or anything like that. And it's like, no, come on. Like, marriage is a lot of hanging out <laughs> and being 
guys. So totally, look for someone you're attracted to. Look for someone that gives you life and who feels fun to spend time with. Uh, don't go for someone who sucks the life out of you or, <laughs> um, yeah, brings you down. But, yeah, I think, too, um, let's see. Oh, sorry, I'm going to get into some red flags later on. I'm not going to talk about that now. I think something else to think about is, are you guys, are you, are you going to be on a mission together? Um, and I'm not talking about, like, are they also called that very specific thing I'm called to? Um, although in some cases that's true. Like, I remember um, hearing a story about a guy who just felt super called to go to China and do ministry there. And actually broke up with a woman he thought he wanted to marry because she wasn't down for that. And I think that's awesome to follow the Lord's call in your life if he gives you something specific early on. Um, but what I mean by being on mission is... Um, do they, do they hear the Great Commission, right? Jesus saying, like, go and make disciples of all nations. Do they get excited about that? Or do they just say, oh, yeah, like, I'll fit that in here and there. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, do they, um, do they get excited about sharing their faith with others? Do they want to introduce Christ to others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some of the first things that come Yeah, like, is, like, being a Christian, like, their extracurricular activity? Like, is that, like, their innermost sport or something like that? Yeah. And, and here's the thing, guys, is it's like, so, so let me talk to the girls in the room for a second, because maybe y'all are thinking like, oh my gosh, like you're like describing Jesus himself right now. Like who's going to find someone like that? Okay. Like what are you talking about? Like attractive on mission, loves God, like get real, you know, whatever. But, um, but, but here's the thing, ladies, here's the truth. This, this, I'm going to let you in on something. Um, you women, you have such incredible influence, um, with, with men, and, and, and I actually want to say that in a really serious and, and actually, I think, a really good way, that um, I've, seen, I've seen some women and crew over the years, man, girls that love the Lord and are just on fire for him, and then sometimes I see the guys that they're dating, and, and, and they're, they're guys that, like, at best, just come out to some Christian things every once in a while, and I'm just like, well, how did... Guy. And, 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 and I think a lot of it's just kind of like, well, like, yeah, like he's fun. Like, yeah, and he's willing to come with me to these things. And um, I think sometimes it's born out of a fear of um, not wanting to end up alone after graduation or, or for the rest of their lives or whatever. Sometimes just out of that kind of a fear. Um, other times I think it's just, just wanting to cope with loneliness or, or whatever. And, and I'm not sure if that's all the reasons. But, but here's the thing. Here's the secret is that, ladies, if you set the bar high the right men will rise up to the occasion. If you set high expectations, they'll they'll rise up. You set a low bar, the low bar guys will come, okay? The low bar, and then, and and, and actually, as a a man, I need my wife, I need Amy, I need her to have high expectations of me. Um, It it makes me want to rise to the occasion for her sake. Um, So please, set the bar high. Um, You'll be surprised. The right guys will rise up. so let's talk about this, though. One of the other questions we got a lot was this question of what are the deal breakers? Are there any, like, red flags? Um, hit the eject button. Yes. Get them. <laughs> um, you should definitely hit the eject button if they're not a Christian, uh, if they don't love the Lord. I think we've hit on that a bunch, so I won't go back into that. Yes, um, that's extremely important. And I think, too, 
I think you should hit the eject button. If, if you're the only one in the relationship, and we're going to talk more about physical and emotional boundaries because that was the question, but if you're the only one in the relationship who's serious about walking in purity or walking in holiness, and you often feel as if you are like either dragging them along or like, come on, like, come on, do this, we need to do this, and that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, dating isn't the place for you to get them on board. <laughs> Look for someone who's already there and then date that person instead. Um, yeah, definitely. I think other other deal breakers, and some of these might feel obvious, but yeah, they were obvious to me. Sometimes you can be really blind, but do they try to control you? Um, do they try to control what you do or where you go or what you wear? Uh, who you hang out with? Are they trying to like isolate you from your friends or family? Um, I actually was in a relationship for a long time and didn't look back and see until after it was already over that he was totally trying to isolate me from my friends and family and they like spoke into that after the fact. Um, and that's another deal breaker, I think. Ask people to speak into your relationship with these people. Like, look for someone with good character and a good reputation. Um, you're usually not the best person to determine that. Their good friends are good people to determine that. So ask their friends. Ask someone who knows them and look for someone, um, yeah, who has a good character and good reputation. Um, yeah, I think another good question too. Some of us, I don't know, man, I'm like the queen of doing this before I met Nick. Um, when you just stay in a relationship for way too long trying to figure out if like this is it, um, maybe there's like an example of how that worked out for someone, but most of the time, if you've been in it for like a couple months, maybe even like six months, that's usually enough time to figure out if this is someone you want to marry. If you're staying in this hoping that like, well, things will get better, like I'll enjoy them more or whatever, if you can't answer the question like, when I marry them, yes, it might be time to break it off. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: is it's like here, I I get it because I I I I remember feeling this this tension in previous dating relationships where it's like if I break up with this person, who's gonna, am I ever gonna find someone? Um, and that fear is it's just a I mean it's just a lie. It's like you have no idea. Um, and here's the thing: is that if you think if you think singleness is lonely, try getting married to someone who doesn't know the Lord, and think about. Having kids with them someday and trying to raise your kids to know Jesus and your spouse doesn't give a rip about that. Imagine taking your kids to church by yourself and their, and their mother or their father doesn't want to join or, or the best is just indifferent. That, you want to know what loneliness is? That's loneliness. Being utterly alone in a marriage with someone who, who's not there, who's not going to pray with you during hard times, and so on and so forth. That's loneliness. So trust me, friends. You hit the check button if that's that person. And the whole flirt to convert thing, done work. <laughs> done work. Because here's the truth. Everyone's on their best behavior when they're dating. It gets worse when you get married, okay? Not Amy. It was good with her, okay? But... <laughs> But it's true. Everyone's on their best behavior dating. So, okay. All right. We all still friends so far? Okay. All right. Some of us are. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's kind of turn the corner a little bit. And let's, let's, we're going to discuss um, 
just what, what, should, what should dating look like? If I, again, coming back to this, if we want to seek to honor God in our dating relationships, what does it look like to honor the Lord? And here's the thing. It's not just about honoring the Lord to say we're honoring the Lord. It's because God is our creator. And the, things that he, the ways that he calls us to live isn't for your misery. It's for your joy. So know that when we're seeking to honor the Lord in our dating relationship, when we're seeking to glorify him, when we're seeking to live under his rule, his reign, his commands, we're fighting for our own joy. Okay? Um, so what does a godly dating um, relationship look like? That was the question we probably got the most. What does that even begin to look like? And here's the thing. I, I just want to just put this out here. This is, this is just what Amy and I are going to – we just want to put this idea out on the table, okay? And if you disagree with it, that's fine. But if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, I would love to know how you would grab the Bible and say that it, it, it's a, something else is better. And I'm not saying there isn't. I just would want to know how you come from the scriptures and say it's better. So here's the thing. When I think about this question of what does a godly dating relationship look like, what, what's actually fascinating is the Bible only recognizes three kinds of human relationships. The relationship of a, of a neighbor or a friend, we might say. Um, the relationship we have with our family as a son or a brother or a sister. And then the relationship of a, of, with our spouse. So you got it? Friend. Friend or neighbor, family, spouse. Now, what we've done in our culture, and, and maybe you would agree with me, is we have this idea of I have my friends, I have my uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, I have my fiance, I have my spouse, right? So we kind of like inserted like two or at least one big category in between friend and spouse, right? You tracking with me? And so here's what we've kind of said is that we, we have, we've adopted this mentality that makes it, as a, as a Christian, really confusing because you're like, okay – um, I know that, um, okay, sex with my spouse, absolutely, thumbs up. Um, sex with my friends, not, no, not good. Um, but middle thing, like, what, what is good in here, right? Like, what goes in this box? Like, is some of that in this box or is not? Like, what goes in here, right? Um, and it's so confusing. And so in, in a dating relationship, we feel like, okay, with this person – um, even, even when I'm saying, like, I'm inter- if I'm, well, I'm totally uh, on target with saying I- I'm wanting to pursue marriage with this person, or, or rather, I'm wanting to figure out if I want to pursue marriage with this person, part of the confusion is that I'm thinking to myself, okay, this, this, this person I'm dating, they're, they're more than my friend. Like, I feel more towards them than I do, like, the rest of my, uh, my, the rest of my girlfriends or female friends, whatever, or my guy friends. I feel more for them, but, but they're less than my spouse. And so how much are we allowed to do and, and what should that look like and how far do we go and all that kind of stuff? And, and here's the thing. You know what the Bible calls that girlfriend or boyfriend of yours? Neighbor. Neighbor. So, so here's the idea. Um, do you make out with all your guy friends? Hopefully not. <laughs> Shouldn't be. But that's the idea. Is that what you would do with the rest of your friends what do you, is what you should do in the per, with the person you're dating. Now, y'all might not like it. You might hate that I just said that. Tell you honestly, when I thought about that, rocked my boat really freaking hard. Um, and I tried to wiggle my way out. 
But it's this idea of it, this person, you, you say, oh, we're committed to each other. Are you? You can leave any day, anytime, anywhere for any reason. That's commitment, huh? It feels like commitment, but it's actually not. And that's the deception of it. So we feel secure. It feels safe. It creates intimacy. And the fact is, is that it's not. Do you get what I'm saying a little bit there? It's, it's fragile. And so the, so the Bible says this is a friend. Now, like I said, you can disagree, but that's what we want to lay before you is that, is that dating isn't something that you are. It's dating should be an activity I do with a friend. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a new relationship. It's, it's an activity that as friends we've agreed to do with one another. And I think when you adopt that mentality, this is my friend who I am dating, then that changes things. That changes how I think about physical boundaries. Um, that changes how I relate to this person and what we do together and um, whatnot. But, but let's talk about this question. Um, I'll let you talk, Aim, because I'm afraid I'm getting in trouble here. But um, how far is too far? That was one of the questions we got asked a lot. How far is too far? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, and I think to a well, I just want to address the heart behind this question. Our heart in anything should be honoring the Lord. And so if you're going to say, like, oh, like, how far can I go? And it's still all right with God. That might, you might need to check yourself a little bit. (laughs) Um, Because that's not our intent. Like, how much gratification can I get out of this and still, like, sleep at night okay? Um, So, yeah, I mean, we talk about dating, we often hear, but there just needs to be boundaries involved, right? Like physical and emotional. Sometimes you hear spiritual boundaries too. Personally, I think spiritual boundaries isn't a thing, except for when you use a spiritual method to cross emotional boundaries. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, I mean, I think Nick, what Nick said is really right, is you don't do something with someone that you wouldn't do with your friend. Um, can, I, can I tell your story, Nick? So, so Nick was just like, like a guy. This is, years ago, and he was discipling a guy, and he's talking to him about how he was, this guy was, like, kissing his girlfriend. Making out. Making out. Kissing. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so anyway, so he's making out his girlfriend, and it's like, what makes you think you're other to do that, you know, like, and whatever, so they're talking about it for a while, and finally goes, Nick goes, bro, that, you could be kissing my wife. That could be my wife. And so that's a really like good, future wife. Like future I, wife. This is before we were married. Before, way before we were married. This, before you, we what if you were kissing my future wife? Yeah, when I was a student, and he said, "Bro, oh, what if you're kissing my future wife?" Um, and it turns out that he was. <laughs> <laughs> Like more specific questions about this, but 
I'll just say that when I was dating and trying to glorify the God in the way that I dated, I was not sharing my deepest, darkest secrets with the people I was dating. Um, I, they weren't the person I went to to confess sin or anything like that. Um, my girlfriends were closer, and I was um, letting them in on kind of like the deepest parts of my soul, my heart, and not opening up to someone else. Because, for a couple of good reasons, um, one, I think usually the more we cross emotional boundaries, the more emotionally connected and intimate we feel, the more we want to cross those physical boundaries, too. Those things usually go together, so you're kind of just making it harder on yourself, I think. Um, and another good reason, too, I mean, when I married Nick, I was really glad that I got to be the one to, like, find out a bunch of stuff about him that no one else knew and get to, like, know him emotionally intimately in a way that nobody else did. So, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah, and, and, and I know the story that, that we told, it, it might feel funny, but I actually think it's pretty sad. Um, and if you find it humorous, uh, as in it's a really big joke, it, it's not. Um, you, you could be stealing from someone else's spouse. Um, and so, and you might be giving away what actually belongs to your future spouse. Um, and so the... Here's the thing, guys, is it's like if you're actually like approaching dating, you're wanting to figure out like if you're if this is someone that's compatible with you that you can you can spend the rest of your life with um, making out's not going to help you figure that out. Um, you know, you, you, and once you go mouth to mouth, it, it's all downhill from there. Like good luck holding back the reins. I mean, it's just it's all downhill from there. And, and, and so the, the, the truth is, is it's like if you're worried about like how, how like good they are physically or something like that, you marry them and you train that fool, okay? You guys got all the practice time you want. You can train that fool up, okay? So it's the truth, okay? So it's not going to actually help you learn more about their character. You got me? It's true. Um, and I'll tell you what, there's nothing more devastating and awkward than when you've gone too far with someone physically and you break up. The, the pain of regret is immense. And so, so um, should you find our story, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't actually find it humorous that I've, I've messed up with other women. I, t- I gave what was Amy's to other women. And I took from other women what belonged to their future husbands. It's no joke. It's not funny. It's sin. Um... And it was so painful to have to confess those things to Amy. And praise God for the grace of the gospel. Praise God that, that he's redeeming our lives and there is grace for our screw-ups. But nonetheless, I didn't relish in tears recounting um, my history with Amy through tears. Um, it was painful and devastating and we wept together over the sin in our lives. And so we're grateful for Jesus renewing us, redeeming us, um, and making us new. Um, and so, and that leads pretty well into this, this other question, which is the question of what, what if I've gone too far already? Um, what, what do you do? If, I, if I'm in a relationship and we've already gone too far, what do we do? Uh, what if I'm not dating and I've already gone too far? What, what do we do? Here today, and you're thinking, these what you're describing is 
you know, that's not me at all. I've, I've crossed the line or whatever. Um, I, yeah, it's wanted to remind you that the gospel is still so true in that situation, that we are way more sinful than we even know, um, and yet we're still so much more loved and forgiven and wanted than we ever dared hope. Um, so this is no exception to that. Um, yeah, we are all new creations in Christ, and so even thinking about doing this relationship talk, I think I felt really inadequate and like, really, you're going to put me up there? Um, but the truth is, is that I'm a new creation in Christ, and if you're in Him, then you are too, and that's a really beautiful, wonderful thing, and you can absolutely come back from some of those boundaries that you've crossed. Um, and so, if you're in a dating relationship right now, and you guys are realizing that you've gone too far, and want to scale back, um, I think something that's really helpful is having uh, each of you having someone who's going to help. Um, so this kind of a Christian word we use, we call them accountability partners. But um, yeah, I mean, Nick and I crossed boundaries in our dating relationship, and we had we each had a person um, who would ask us every week, uh, how are things going? And they would pray for us, and they would remind us of the gospel when we failed, and they would encourage and celebrate with us when we were doing well. And um, they did not let us off the hook at all whenever <laughs> anything went wrong, we had to recount details of what happened, um, and it was not fun, but it was so, so helpful. Um, talk about motivation. <laughs> um, knowing that you're going to recount every single thing to someone who cares and loves you afterwards um, was really motivating and helped us scale back. And I think, yeah, have a conversation um, about boundaries with them and let other people into it too. Um, yeah. Nick and I would love to like be a part of that with you or other staff members or other married people or whatever people who are trying to walk with the Lord, like um, let other people speak into like the boundaries that you create. Um, yeah, we can talk more about that. Yeah, I mean that would literally be if you're if you're wanting to date someone and you're you're bought in on man like this is the right way is is dating for the purpose of friendship and pursuing marriage and um, I would so encourage you if if it's marriage that you want to pursue might I suggest you find a married person to speak into your dating relationship um, we've been there and I think about like for Amy and I like we just so love the opportunity to share our screw ups so that we can spare some of you people um, genuinely but I, I think it's great to have peer advice and get dating advice from your peers you have a, a great community around you but please find someone who's older than you maybe someone who scares you a little bit whose voice has some weight that they might be able to challenge you in some ways that you need. Maybe not the ways that you necessarily want, but the ways that you need. Um, it, it's for your joy. I mean, and it's like, dude, hey, by the way, like, we love seeing folks get married. Like, we're all about that. Like, we want to we wanna see that happen. We want to encourage you um, in that way and, um, yeah, and offer any advice that we can. So, um, Amy, Amy, any final thoughts or advice you want to give? Um, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about like walking with the Lord and walking in holiness, and I, maybe I already hit this, but just in case I didn't, um, man, it's just so easy to, to say like, yeah, I walk with the Lord, and yet you don't actually like follow the will of the Father, and so I would just say your own conscience 
it's not always spot on. So if you're, um, if something says in the Bible, like, not to do it, and you're like, no, I'm going to do that anyway because, like, I don't feel guilty about it or I think it's okay or it's not that big of a deal, um, that's one of the things I was talking about of, of that, that's a red flag. Um, we have the word so that we don't have to base what's right and wrong on our own passing feelings, right? And so, um, yeah, I think I leave you with that parting thought. And just what Nick said again, I think like our our heart behind all of this is to glorify the Lord in in how we date um, and to walk with Him closely. Yeah, friends, I, I, I hope that if there was something that challenged you, um, that you heard tonight, that I hope that you would do something with that, that you would share that with someone else so that they can speak into your relationship, relationship if you have one. And here's the other thing I just want to end with. We have to end with the hope of the gospel. We have to end with grace that, listen, if something's been done to you, you are not damaged goods. You are not broken. Um, you are not... Um, someone who, who's just just damaged forever. You, you are loved by God. His grace is sufficient for all of your failures, um, for all your mistakes, for all of your screw-ups. You are loved. And so um, don't buy the lie that you're damaged goods and that you just have to stay this way or just stay where you're at. Um, there is grace abundant for you. Um, you cannot out-sin the Lord's grace um, and so we want you to know that we feel we want to end with a, a sound of hope that we have in Jesus. Amy and I are so grateful. Um, we are not perfect. We're up here. Hopefully you're hearing some of our brokenness and our failures. And we have a great king who loves us and has redeemed our lives. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus and his death, his resurrection. Um, we thank you for him um, providing grace for our failures and giving us victory through his, his death and his resurrection. And so, Lord, I pray for my friends out here tonight. Um, Lord, where, where your spirit is convicting them, Lord, I pray that they would be responding. Um, Lord, where, where there's guilt and a sense of shame and regret, um, Father, may they know that in Jesus you have loved, you love, and you have forgiven them. If they confess their sins, you will be faithful and just to cleanse them and forgive them of all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, would you, would you give us um, great motivation to honor you with our dating lives and glorify you and bring all of our lives under your rule and reign? Because we know when you're most glorified um, in us, God, we, we will be satisfied in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.